we're back, we're back, we're back, we're back, we're back. Why are you hating? <laughs> but you did it before. I didn't say nothing when you did it. Because I did it. I wasn't going to say nothing because I did it. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, mm. this is Mario Javon Shaw. You're a co-host. Who are it you? Is- <laughs> and this is Nigel C. Mass, your other co-host. And we're just so glad to be back with you again on our fifth episode. Yeah, number five. Number five. So yeah. We're in kindergarten. We're in school. Okay. <laughs> oh my God, we schooling them out. We schooling hey. them. Oh yeah. Um, you guys were listening to uh, Jay Bosco. Just mm-hmm. to throw that out there. Um, he's having some more records come out and everything. So thank you, Jay Bosco, for that record. Yes. And I'm excited to talk about our podcast and our episode today. Yes, absolutely. It's going to be a good one. I'm very, very, very excited about chatting about it. So before we get into that, what have you been up to? Well, I've been busy and good at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, I was awarded top 35 influencers uh, by Next Big Thing, people like Steph Curry and Goddamn Zoe. Yes, I know. I love Goddamn Zoe. I can't wait to see. I hope he's gonna be at the gala in January. I hope so too. <laughs> okay, but I'm excited about it. I necessarily, I, I appreciate people who use the word influencer. I don't identify myself as an influencer though. Really? Why so? Because I think influencer. I think we need to like further define the term. Because uh, you could be influencing somebody to do whatever. I can influence you to do drugs. I can influence you to become a prostitute. So, I mean, like when true. I when I use the when people use the word influencer, mm-hmm. it's influencing them to do what though. And I so, will say that's why I don't like to use it. To that, um, when you all you know have the award experience, I'm sure there will be some type of keynote speaker there or something. They'll probably be able to lay the groundwork in a definition for what they term an influencer as and maybe you may adopt that well no i i think i probably won't adopt it (laughs) (laughs) damn not you already going into it no because i think here's the thing though i think because a lot of people classify themselves as influencer i think something needs to go before the word either after the word but like Mm. the general term influencer it simply means that you're influencing somebody to like go on a particular path whether Mm. that's positive or negative and i think like a lot of people who call themselves an influencer typically are just like, I, I like what the one guy says. He's like, are you influencing them to use like a selfie? I mean, a, a filter on their selfie. Mm-hmm. I'm like, are you influencing them to do like, you know, uh, two weeks later, act like that they, they traveled to like this other country when that was just like a year ago. So I think it's really interesting. I, that that's one term I have for now. And actually my friends and I have actually talked about it, but like, you're my friend too, but yeah. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, like, nah, I ain't taking no offense. I'm secure. Right. He's secure in his position. Okay. <laughs> so I feel like that's a term that we just have not like adopted. I like creative, but I do know why people are using the word influencer. Yeah. But I think like we're gonna have to really further identify that word. Well, really. that, I mean, that's that's a good point. It I think it is something that is newer. For our, yeah. our generation of leaders and think that's just like the word leadership slash yeah. leader like that could be i mean everybody's a leader it's like what are you leading people to do so it's just like an influencer 
to some yeah. degree within our communities and within our groups, we influence people all the time. We can influence decisions by our verbal and nonverbal communication all the time. And we may not even know that we're doing it, but we're doing it. So I get what you mean by, you know, furthering but the conversation. Positive and negative. And that's, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you want yours to be positive, yeah? Yeah, but I think that often when we use it, people have not really truly defined the okay. positive or the negative. Well, the group of y'all, how many is y'all? 35? Mm-hmm. I guess mm-hmm. I'm getting older too because now I'm starting to be, <laughs> you know, not no 30 under 30. So I'm going to the 35 and 40 year old group. I'm going to just drink my little beverage on that. Well, what beverage are you drinking, by the way? Oh, well, <laughs> as we're, you know, talking about you, I will say I, I'm drinking a Woodford. I came back home. I came on back home. I drank to Woodford. My, I'm at for number five. Oh, I still got a little corner piece there. Put that in I just can't believe uh, you're still. I'm on number five. Drinking from the, the same podcast. little thing of Woodford. We, oh, but, <laughs> well, back to you. So what else have you been up to? So 35 influencers. What else has been going on? I, yeah. I cannot mention something yeah because i i i know you look you look at a little foggy like you don't know what's been going on because you're tired right i'm not having a lot going on no you good okay (laughs) we just talk about your experience at the trap museum and i like that is true i forgot about that that was the people to hear about that so mario went to the trap museum in atlanta and got my life listen i felt like i was home (laughs) <laughs> home, home you say yeah no Stephanie was, Mills did say like home that's how you felt <laughs> right only sing a little bit of it we are you not see I cut it off like home okay that's it <laughs> no but the trap music exam I recommend everyone to go there I was very surprised um at how just put together it was like you immediately step into like this corner store ish mm-hmm. where you actually pay for your ticket so they say like what you want yeah, 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 a little bodega. Yeah, and, um, and they try to act like they're selling weed and they're actually giving oh you your my. ticket. Yeah, and then you go into the grandma's house where you're selling your weed out of. Not at the grandma house. Yes, and it looked like weed. And I, the, <laughs> everything looked like weed. The kitchen looked like Coke or crack. I guess it's crack. I don't know. But, like, <laughs> but, but it was crazy. Like, I just... Enjoyed it. Um, just how like detailed it was. Ti obviously is the producer of it. He did an excellent job. You go into his closet too, and in his closet you see all of like these fake guns, um, mm-hmm. and that's where he was allegedly like hiding them. But he has like his Grammy in there, everything. It's like really really good. Um, and I think I knew Ti Future, and I want to say I may be Young Jeezy was in there that was it like all the other people i was like who is young this who is little this young this little that who is little baby i'm like all right this is just a lot it was a little mouse all it okay yeah i'm serious though and but i really enjoyed it um just an awesome experience and they do like a happy hour at the place yes i mean I was very surprised. Could you buy now? Well, weed isn't legal in Georgia, so I mean, you couldn't buy none in there. But it, did it look like a place where you probably could buy some? Mm-hmm. I'm oh, pretty okay. sure. And I guess I shouldn't say that to you because he probably still on probation and stuff. And so <laughs> maybe we shouldn't put that out there. 
<laughs> I have okay. nothing to do with that. Isn't he still on probation? I again, I have nothing to do with that. I, I that's information I'm not sure about. Okay. They put us, you know, they put black folks on probation for a long time. So <laughs> I, I actually, I think they're selling books. You know, out of there. Okay. Well, <laughs> I remember you talked to, I want you to, that room you talked about, they had the fake roaches in there. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah, and I so can't. grandma's house had like fake roaches, even in the kitchen had roaches. You'll open up the closet and you'll see roaches. Uh, every like how do you simulate, how do you simulate a roach? Oh, they look like roaches. Like do they the move? Roaches. No, they ain't move, but you jump because they look oh. like roaches. Yeah. They were a big Oh my God! The house was nasty. I wanted to vacuum the floor. I'm like, this house needs vacuuming, needs redoing. No, she still had plastic on her uh, on her couch. On the furniture. <laughs> it was dope. I really enjoyed I, it. You yeah, know what? I really crazy. wonder how do they interview people for the trap house, like museum situation? Like, what did the interview look like? Is what I want to know. I don't even. I guess, well, here's the thing. What I love about it is that it is not glorifying trap and having to do trap, but the but actually appreciating the fact that, like, people got an, had gotten out of that situation. Mm-hmm. Like, and this is what people had to use in order to um, make it in life. And yeah. that's what you got out of the museum. It was like, yeah, you see, like, this bag where you see the kitchen and they they you know, uh, making crack and everything like that. But really what you get out of it is that all of these people that they're, rep- that they're representing in the museum are individuals who had to like go through this hard life and they finally were able to get, was able to get out of it or still survive, you know, in it. You know what I mean? Like that's just, like many of them died and you see a list of people who died. Um, Yep, and they got like the ten, the trap ten commandments. They have all of the <laughs> stuff. I love that. I really, really enjoy. I it. think it's a dope concept yeah. in the city of Atlanta from the, just from the standpoint of, it was such a mecca of music at a yeah. you know for a period of time and you know whatever, and just that's the reality mm-hmm. that which was there for the people. A lot of the rappers that we love that came out of Atlanta, this is what they were doing, and they just like, hey, this is it. Yeah. Let's let's share our story, basically. Yeah. So, so yeah. I hundred percent agree with that. Yeah. And then How um, your... yeah. You said oh, what? Go ahead. No, go oh. ahead. Go oh, ahead. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then let me see what else. Uh, and we celebrated Thanksgiving. I was just getting ready to ask you there, friend. How was your Thanksgiving? It's been crazy. Like it's been like a busy two weeks. You, I have to be honest. It has been very busy. But yeah, I went. Uh, I celebrated. Thanksgiving um, with my mom's family, mm-hmm. and we are crazy. Mm-hmm. We are a crazy family. We played Black Cards Revoke. We played uh, Cards Against Humanity, and the stuff oh. that was coming out of folks' mouths. Mm-hmm. It was just crazy. Okay. Um, but yeah, I love it. And we had some great food. I ate my chitlins. You, you know, actually, I'm not even surprised. I love it. You know, that and- impressive ass dish. Listen, and I still, I still sometimes eat my sardines and my crackers too. Like I do, I eat some slave foods, and I know that to be Ooh! true. I like some foods like that. <laughs> what is it about the chitlins that you enjoy? Well, you got to put some hot sauce on them. 
I mean, everybody, everybody that I know that eats them drowns them in hot sauce. So because that's so an good. Issue the combination it. of it can't be good because if you're drowning it in hot sauce, <laughs> like it, there's obviously the hot sauce different. enhances the flavor of what. It's a it's an interesting we flavor. Should ask Chef D. Arthur about this. Go ahead. Mm. Have you ever had pork rinds before? Like uh skins is what we skins. call them down south yeah skins yeah, i i love me some skins so they basically almost like skins but more of like um, huh that's a house they, they similar in taste <laughs> <laughs> i know you fucking lie because they ain't similar in smell so i know they're not similar in taste pork rinds stink which ones pork rinds stink I know you mild laughing line. Pork rind smell bad. When you open up that thing, it smells like poop. No. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I can't agree with you on that one. Why? Pork rinds, when you open the bag of pork rinds, they stink. They smell like poop, Nigel. Are you getting them from they the make store? That, like- they got that sound, too, when you open them up. Because that's the, that's the air that's trapped inside. <laughs> Bag talking about something like ass. <laughs> that air stinks. I guess you don't. I guess you. Don't. <laughs> I Good know, day, but, sir. But I add. I put hot sauce on my pork rinds. Do you have indigestion or heartburn? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because I need to go take me an acid right now. I don't talking to indigestion you. or heartburn. Oh, I'm oh. fluid. You know, I'm gonna work from that. So you enjoyed your family? I did, and then I went over my dad's hot ass house. The next day, that house was hot as hell. I fell asleep on him about two, three times. That house was so damn hot. What don't you hate when it's so hot? All you can't do is go to sleep and dream about some cold, a breeze. I said, "Nah, I be damn." I was like, "He is like baking up in this motherfucker." Malford, that's Mario's dad. Your dad and my dad must be uh, distant brothers because my dad had that place smoking. <laughs> I said, I got to live as close to right as I can because if I go to hell, it's going to be a problem. Okay. And here go me because he live in an apartment. Well, it's, it's definitely hot. <laughs> yes. And I told him. Def- it's not a lot of space for the heat to travel. So I told him, I said, I said, that sliding door, let that sliding door open. <laughs> I said, when the last time y'all use it? <laughs> y'all want to try it out? Let some of this hot ass air up out of here. It was so hot. Mm-mm-mm. Oh my God. And I, see, I yes, and see, oh, I'm be honest. I'll be honest with my listeners. So I went on a date and, and so, and that's all I'm going to say with that. <laughs> and so. Yes, <laughs> and so he picked me up at my mom's house and dropped me off at my dad's house and I know he probably said you sure enough live in two different worlds huh cause I sure would have been thinking if I was him not picked you up at your mammy house picked me up at my mom's house and dropped me off at my dad's my mom middle class my dad low uh, CFHA <laughs> I was like, now you're going to see a difference. You're going to see many sides of Cleveland. You're going to see many sides of Cleveland. You're going to see many sides of me. <laughs> but that actually, come on, like come through. That is to show mm-hmm. how diverse I am. You could yeah. take me to the Trap Music Museum and then you mm-hmm. could take me to 
go see Hamilton. That's true, friend, because you, you, know? you are. I am diverse. You are, you are cultured, friend. I could go to the correspondence dinner. Yes, and then, can. And then, you know, we go to the little uh, juke joint. <laughs> <laughs> very true. Speaking of which, like right now, I'm drinking Woodford in my McDonald's cup. I just, I really wish one day, I, I think we're going to be able to record these. I know. Where you'll be able to see us. This man is drinking Woodford out of a McDonald's cup. For mm-hmm. those who understand, when you put liquor in these types of cups, you know they eat, the liquor can eat away at the cup. Yes, it is. And I'm like, ooh, ooh, shalat. Definitely, it's ooh, shalat. It can eat away at the cup. Okay. And when you lifted that cup up, I said, I know you lying. Mm-hmm. But to only the slightest bit to your defense is just that the Sprite from McDonald's is is life. Secretary. I don't know what they do with they Sprite. They might not get a lot of things right. The machines might be down. They might not have all the apple pies. You might not can get no ice cream. But that Sprite is consistent from coast to coast. The Sprite, I don't understand why, like, McDonald's Sprite and Red Lobster Sprite. Both of those have, like, that Sprite burn the back of your throat. Like, I hate bottle Sprite. I hate two-liter Sprite. I hate, what's the other one? 20-ounce Sprite. Is that the same thing? No, that's it. Still in a bottle, friend. Okay, both of my bottles. You <laughs> do <laughs> public schools. Um, <laughs> I, I love me a can Sprite. And I like the small can Sprites because they're stronger. But it does not beat McDonald's Sprite. So if I can't go <laughs> to McDonald's, I get that Sprite. Sprite is not, all Sprites are not made equal. No, but that's also because of the mechanism that they're in, right? So the plastic doesn't conduct, quote unquote, heat or coolness like can, like aluminum, mm. right? So that's why we like the aluminum because. Oh, man, good education. Come on. I might know a lot of something. Okay. You know, that I ain't want to get too far into it because I ain't want to say nothing. And I see you just abruptly cut off, too. I said, okay, keep on going. Let's hear this. But okay. I know that is the case. It's the conductor of that energy, right? Right. That's why we don't like bottles. That's why our sodas fall flat in bottles versus like in Faster can. than in a can because I could go back that next day. And uh, I put that can in the refrigerator and come back, and that sucker is still good. Hello, that bottle for some reason it's not the it's, same, it's like syrup. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, horrible! So, what's horrible. been going on with you? How was your Thanksgiving? What did you uh, do? Well, I will say what I've been up to is uh, rounding out my semester with school. I'm over it, I love my program, but this semester has just been very tiresome. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> It has been very tiresome. I got an assignment due. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're going to get it. And then, <laughs> aside from that, um, you know, work, I'm so grateful to my clients. Shout out to all my clients. I love y'all. I appreciate you. Um, so, between like work and school, personal life, uh, it's just been a lot going on. And then Thanksgiving. Okay, so my last name is Mask, as I've said earlier. The masks. We don't really do well with Thanksgiving. That's not our time to shine. Christmas, we come through. Yeah. And the reason why I say that is my mom cooks. So history is that my mom always cooks. Monique, she don't play around. She going to cook. We going to have food at home. When we were kids growing up, you can go to the, you know, family members' homes and whatnot. But you know, when you come home, you're going to have a good cooked meal. Mm, When you go out to the family member's house, (laughs) yeah. 
you really go to socialize. Really? Yeah. So they it's don't really cook true. well. I don't want to go on record in saying that, but I just would say it's a little, it's different than uh, at home. Child, they don't see, they use Lowry's. Lowry's. No, it's just, it's honestly, it's just a different situation altogether. Love them. Here's my philosophy. You know, I have a cooking show. Yes. My philosophy is if it does not taste good, add garlic salt. Garlic salt changes everything. My philosophy is if it don't taste good, change the chef. Hello. <laughs> You're the problem. <laughs> it's the person with the pot, the pan, the stir spoon. <laughs> You're the problem. Bye. 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 So with that, so now that we're older, um, my family on my father's side, <laughs> my family on my father's side, it's so many moving parts going on. So many clusters get together. So my immediate family gets together, which is cool. Um, and so this time around, uh, got home, enjoyed the food. My mom's sister, my sister's good friend, we enjoyed cocktails and we played this 90s R&B card game, uh-huh. um, which was a lot of fun. My great uncle, my uncle Bo, he's there. He's in the early stages of Alzheimer's. God bless him. Uh, he just, you know, he's just around. He still has his humor, but things are just really different in my household. And my dad, thank God, is a uh, kidney transplant recipient um, for the last five years. But that's really taken a toll on his body. So things are just a little different. And so I found myself in some instances comparing my Thanksgiving experience with my family to others who are blessed to have aunts and uncles, grandmothers and cousins and stuff come far and wide and get together. That's just not my reality. So I'm just adjusting to the fact that's just not us and yeah. loving what we, do, what we do. That's true. Um, so that's real. And yeah. I, I'm pretty sure some of our listeners, listeners needed to hear that. Yeah. Cause you may have graduated with just three people versus you know, yeah. 25 people. And that's okay. And so it's truly, it's truly okay. And yeah. I'm still working, I'm still working through that, that it's okay. Um, but it's such, I will honestly say it's a challenge. Yeah. Uh, for, for me. Um, but nonetheless, I'm grateful to be with my family. I love them. No matter if they half sleep half the time. Damn. Some people can I mean, your ass be half sleep half the time too, though. It's genetic. I mean, it's very genetic. Like, I swear, I feel like your house is like sleeping damn beauty up in there because, man, y'all stay, you stay sleep. I feel like. Yo, family, they be like, when I get home from Value City, I'm taking a nap. Not Value City. Like, yeah. <laughs> because I feel like that's how I you know like it's still a Value City man, but we don't go though. I thought, see, I, that's what I thought. I, I will say this real quick. Right. We went and um, well, so City furniture good. We kind of like brush. I ain't gonna get into that in Mansfield because they motherfucking on it. But anyway, um. <laughs> After Thanksgiving, we kind of like brushed over Thanksgiving. We go right to Christmas. Now, the Mask family, check us out. We come through for Christmas. That's good. And so um, we went to buy a tree. We don't do real trees. Never have, never will, won't. Why? Trees. You know, I never asked why. 
So y'all buy a fake tree every year? Not every year. Every Not every year. No, 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 no. We had a fake one for a long time. When I left for college, um, I was I was the head elf. Okay, shit. Here we are. <laughs> I was the head elf. <laughs> I was hanging the lights on the house. You know, I don't even like to do manual labor. So to see me really working, hanging shit on gutters. See, I did. So that's part yeah. of my Thanksgiving, too. The day after Thanksgiving, I, I'd have to go out there. Yeah. We got the trip. shoulder. So. Oh, is that what you got on right now? Your sling? I got on my sling. I'm trying to be yeah. obedient tomorrow. Allegedly, it's my last day. But, yeah, I had the shoulder. And my family had to help me. But. They were doing stuff wrong. I can't wait to do it again by myself next year. And I might, <laughs> and I, unfortunately, I don't come back home to December 23rd, but I might be, my family don't come it's over till Christmas Eve. So we do like gag gifts. So we but have, you know, a, your family riding by the house now. I know. Wait a minute. Oh my God. I think I forgot who my secret Santa is. You better. <gasps> no. So no, it's like, with well, all of our family. Oh my God. I got to think about it. And. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I forgot. But, um, but so we do gag gifts, but the person, so that's over my mom's house. Oh, let me tell you what we're doing this year. What y'all doing? We me? are doing a sweet potato bake off challenge. Sweet potato like, pie. I bake off challenge. Pie. Me too. So we're going to do us. So I gotta, I gotta get the trophy and everything like that. We decided, but I think, Going back to Christmas lights, I definitely think that I am going on the 23rd to change some stuff around before the family comes on the 24th. I only, I'm going to ask this question only <laughs> because it's not nothing deep. But I just wonder, like, is it really necessary? Mm-hmm. Like, are y'all taking pictures? Are these the lights outside or indoors? No, but I have a legacy. A le- and, oh, okay. It's not... To par yet. I it's almost there. It's like ninety five percent. But my staff, no, I need it to be hundred and twenty percent. Oh, merciful! Well, at the Mass Residence, yes. we have a seven and a half foot tree. That is awesome. I always want a big tree. Our trees are always like five five. No, that's how tall I, I am. It. So that's no good. I know it's, it's like right to my height. It's seven and a half foot. What I love is. Shout out to my sister. I love that she and I are kindred spirits in the department of like, let's do this thing because it's a white tree and I love a white tree. That's fake. Shit, it was fake when we bought it from the store. We know it's fake. Let me tell you something. We love a white tree. Until our um, colonizing sisters get it together, ain't nothing white coming up in my house. I keep on going. <laughs> and so this year our theme is blue so they bought blue just different shades of blue ornaments blue and silver and we will do a that's gonna be nice yes beautiful right and it's a pre-lit tree nebraska uh type of tree getting so y'all also got a pre it's also pre-lit yeah we're not ringing around lights on the you tree that's, that's fine no that it doesn't look it doesn't give the look that we're looking for so we do a pre-lit. <laughs> I don't like how you're looking at me. We do a pre-lit tree. Get on my damn nerves. We have shatterproof ornaments because there is a two and a half year old in the home. <laughs> and uh, she she thinks they're circles and balls. I'm like, no, girl, these are ornaments. But, you know, nevertheless, 
And uh, yeah, so our, our, our attire this year will be blue. And uh, we will do a Christmas Eve brunch. And then we will have our outfits for the living room. And a photographer is going to come. A photographer? Our fam- yep, our family is going to get delayed uh, Christmas photos. <laughs> delayed? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yep. They're getting delayed Christmas photos. And that's just what that's going to be. And so I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to Christmas at the mass residence because we're really about to do it up. Okay, then. Yeah. So are people allowed to put on like some personal ornaments or like they all have to be uniform? Okay. You know, we haven't graduated to that. I'm going to do personal ornaments on my own tree. So every year we get to add a personal ornament. I do. I do like that when people say they do that. That's something that I would like to um, yeah. start my, with my, my family. I did Lion King this year. I'm doing, uh, I was going to do Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. But because y'all know I've been really into Harry Potter this year for some mm-hmm. strange reason. But this year I'm going to do um, Black Panther. I think that's dope. Yeah, that's I'm something say. I would like to do with my family. Um, yeah. Well, when I say my family, like when I'm able to create my own family, yeah. um, like, uh, not bae, shit, husband, hello. And I, to be able to do that yeah. each year, I think that would be really dope. In the interim. Now, what type of cookies y'all got? You know, okay, so it's funny you mention that. <laughs> so we have cookies every year that my sister's godmother would make, but we haven't had cookies in a while. So what's Santa Claus eating? Santa. <laughs> <laughs> if you got children listening, I feel bad for them. I don't know what Santa. Santa not get no cookies. What y'all giving him? Y'all giving him kale? San- Who is Santa? I give him. My sister wanted to tell my niece. She was like, I'm Santa. I said, Jasmine, don't ruin that. Don't do. Okay. Bye. All right. Well, we also have to go into a commercial break. I hate when people interrupt. <laughs> and that, like, the magicalness of it all. Yeah, the That innocent. you think that these reindeers. Now, I don't know how people do it when they, I don't know how parents convince their children when they live in an apartment. And the apartment ain't got no chimney. But I. Well, <laughs> you never tell a child that he come down the chimney, it ain't gonna matter. But you see it all over, T. <laughs> you but you know what, though? What's that? I. Like Polar Express and like other movies, the Polar Express. Don't they? Don't it be like if they don't have a chimney, a magical chimney appears or something like that? That's how it was on the original Santa Claus. With the original Santa Claus, like okay, that is so good because you know, yeah. like you know, it's just, about magic anyway, right? Right. And see, I feel like honestly, until my child is like, I don't know, I feel like I really want to be that dope family that's like in a condo with like three bedroom condo. And we got like doormen and stuff. And so I want my child to believe that there is Santa Claus, but I'm torn with that. I'm really, I really, no, I, I'm not torn with that. I want to, be- I want them to, <laughs> no, I like the magicalness of it all. Like I, that is just so you. fun to see a kid. I'm I don't need to consult. The credit. You said what? <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to consult with the hubby on that one. Like, hey, do we want, Child to believe in. Well, you know what? Because I tend to be a little PC, we gonna have to come to an agreement on that because I don't want my child to go to school and ruin it for the other kids. 
Because yeah. my child would be the one be just being outspoken and be like, ain't no Santa. I'm like, God, okay. But how, no do we do, how do we defend that at the parents? And then, and then see, that's what I would, if my kid, if my kid come out, I was like, you know, Gavin said when I was over Uncle Nigel's house, Gavin said that there ain't no uh, Christmas. I'm going to say, ain't no Santa. that's why Gavin's ass only get three gifts underneath the tree. I mean, ain't no Santa. <laughs> I said, that's what Gavin said. I said, what type of gifts do your ass get? I'm going to have to say something ignorant. I'm going to have to like dog Gavin out. You know, I never thought about that until just now. I'm going to have to talk to him about that. <sighs> Gosh. Nigel, don't stress me out. Please. If my Why kids we stressed out? out so Why am I stressed out already? We stressed out about no our future kids. I never got no seeds. Like, like planted. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> oh my God. I just got stressed out. Like, but please don't, please. Don't ruin it. Don't it's ruin it, please. I can almost cry. <laughs> I'm so passionate about this. Well, because it's all about at the end of the day keeping the innocence of the child. Let them dream. Let them create. Let them live in this fantasy world because the world we live in is too raw and real and uncut. So let them live in this fantasy world while they can. At at 11 years old, I knew there wasn't even no Santa Claus, but I act like it was no Santa. I act like it was a Santa Claus. I just like the magicalness of it all. Yeah. The imagination. You right. Okay. I'm gonna have to. Yeah. You know, that's, I'm glad we talked about that because that's something I'm gonna have to bring up to Bay. Like, hey, so I know. You know. Oh, whatever future Bay I got, we gonna have to talk about this because yeah. if you don't believe in Santa Claus, that might be a a done deal. <laughs> Good. Hey, <day. laughs> not if you don't believe in Santa Claus. <laughs> I believe in that old Saint Nick. Oh, say Nick is not the reason for the season. I need you to really believe. Hello? All right. All right. We're going to go into a commercial break. <laughs> um, and when we come back, we're going to talk about gifts. And that, mm. so that was a good segue into it. So uh, thank you guys for listening. We'll be right back. This podcast is sponsored by Brittany Kelly Brands. Brittany Kelly Brands features Chic Girl Cosmetics. Her luxury lippies are for the everyday glamour girl. They're crisp, clean, and full of fun colors for everyone. Also for the luxury girl, check out Brittany Kelly Handbag Collection. It's the perfect accessory for your fall wardrobe. For more information, please go to www.brittanykelly.com. And when you order, use code YouGoBoy for 20% off your entire order plus free shipping. Be sure to follow her on IG at Brittany Kelly Brands. Welcome back to You Go Boy Podcast. So this 
episode, episode five. It's about gifts. And so Nigel and I are just going to be talking today. So this is going to be us. And uh, we had two fabulous guests. Um, but I think like in between a few guests, we'll come back and, and it'll just be, you know, you and I talking. How you like that? I'm okay with that. But with that being said, thank you to our first two guests. Yes. Portia and, and Chef, Chef D. Arthur. Like, thank y'all so much for all the wisdom and gems that you gave our listeners and us. Like, thank yeah. you so much. I agree. So let's give our gifts. So yeah. in this one, we want to talk about like how we make room for our gifts or mm-hmm. our gifts make room for us. Um, however you see it. Um, and I, we want to start off talking about how, you know, our current careers, Nigel is a cosmetologist. Um, I'm in, in education and mm-hmm. a CEO of a, of a nonprofit organization and co-founder of it. And we originally did not expect for this to be our paths. Or really didn't want this to, to be our paths. And so yeah. many of you all kind of commented on that in our first episode and want us to go deeper into that. Yeah. Um, and how did we get to today? Mm-hmm. So, Nigel, I want to start with you. All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you went to you know, so you went to school for hair uh, yeah. in high school. Yeah. Right. So yeah. So I'll tell you about that. So basically, my mom, when I got to high school, um, well, yeah. So when I got to high school, there was a cosmetology program there as a freshman. I identified it. And there was a school across county, um, Madison Compre- Comprehensive High School. Excuse me, the bourbon is kicking in. Um, <laughs> and they produced a lot of students who were able to get their license and all of that. And there was a student um, at the time that went to my church, black girl, did great hair. And so my mom was like, you know, you need to look into the cosmetology program. I'm like, okay, sure. And so uh, when I looked into the program, you had to wait till you were a junior at that time and all of that I was like okay so you know that was my trajectory and I would like to put this in there because this is important to me I remember when I got to school I observed our African brothers and sisters and I have to say it that way just because most people know when you get micro braids and kinky twists and those types of intricate styles that's who we typically go to yeah and um and I commend them because they are entrepreneurs they set up shop. It may be in an apartment. They might get a brick and mortar. They are doing the thing. And so when I went there, I was able to talk to talk to them and learn um, some skills to elevate my braiding, elevate my parting, just those little intricate details. And so when I got to high school, this guy came up to me as a freshman and that was uh he was a few years older than me he was like so I won't say what he said I'll edit it and say he was like so you like girls right because I heard you do hair you do micro braids and you do hair and all that you like girls right and I was like uh yeah and then I was like but in the back of my mind I was like well I feel like I just got punked Mm -hmm. by this older dude because I didn't want to own the fact 
that I was a creative, that I was a hairstylist and I enjoyed doing what I do, but they associated my passion or something mm. that I was good at, my skill set with my sexuality. Mm. And it was almost like he was bullying. I felt bullied to say that I liked women because I enjoy mm. being a hairstylist. And mm. those don't go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. But at the time, that's how I felt. So I lied and I said, yeah. Um, so eventually I got into the cosmetology program. Um, and people, most of the students in there, there were 20 some odd students in there, almost 30 students in there. Like, I'm going to own a salon. I'm going to be a stylist and all that. I'm like, I'm really only in here because my mom said I should become or should become a stylist and get licensed because this is something I can always fall back on is being a stylist if I'm certified, if my degree doesn't work out for me because she knew I wanted to go to college. And um, so once I got into the cosmetology program, everybody's talking about being a stylist. I'm like, I'm not interested in being a full-time stylist. Mm. I'm not interested in owning a salon. I just want to go to college and have the collegiate experience. That's what I'm looking forward to. This is crazy. I'm already seeing these crazy connections. Okay. (laughs) That's all I wanted to do. And so as time went on. Well, let me catch up. Yeah, let me, get to, let, let me meet you where you're at and, mm-hmm. and let's intersect. Okay. That is good. So ask me the question. How did I get to where I'm at? <laughs> How did you get to where you are? <laughs> so, no, because I would love for this story to intersect. That's yeah, go ahead. Yeah, how, did you, how did you get to where you are? And so in high school, mm-hmm. I was a teacher professions major. Mm-hmm. Ninth grade. It was a college prep program. Love the program. The only reason why I end up going to college. So let me just go back a little bit. Uh, the program was for college prep students. We was in our, we were in our own wing at Collinwood High School. So like, it was like all of us were prepared to graduate. We had our own like counselors, had our own set of teachers, everything. It was like we were in a different school, and I saw the inequalities that my former classmates experience you know Boy, honestly that's back a whole nother podcast yeah. i just start having flashbacks just to- okay like the fact that i was able to have these opportunities you know it was cool too that the um we had to do a teaching internship in 11th and 12th grade i chose my elementary school that i went to so it was like mm-hmm. opportunity to give back at that early age and the fact um, that you were even thinking about giving back yeah, I yeah, I wanted to, te- and nobody else taught at O.H. Perry uh, before then. And I was like, no, I was like, Miss Keith, the teacher was over. I said, we got to do O.H. Perry. I have to do O.H. Perry. She was like, wow. we don't even like place there because they have their set of placements. It's usually closer to the school. I was like, well, my house is over there. Like, let's place there. They found a teacher, Miss um, Eisel, um, and then it was another teacher. It was actually three of us all together that ended up being over there at OH Fair. And we had the ball. Because <laughs> we, our school started, we, like, we had, like, about 45 minutes in between time from, because we were only going to school from, like, 8 o'clock to, like, 11 o'clock, 11th and 12th grade. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of our day, we was at our internship. 
Right. Um, and it was so fun because we were like at 11 o'clock, like school would start there to like 1230 to like three o'clock. So we would like have all of this time and just like chill and stuff. We go to McDonald's. We used to go to like Kim's Wings, um, China <laughs> Mountain, everywhere, man. It was so fun. Um, and I loved it. Um, I actually started to recognize the pat. Well, I didn't recognize it. I have to take that back. I didn't recognize it. But there was this thing inside of me that connected me to being able to see how much I was able to help boys of color. I still remember the both of those boys' names. And now they're, they got to be 19 years old. Hillary and Mark. And I used to love that name. I used to think his name was so cool, Hillary. I used to be wow. like, I love that name. <laughs> and I was like, I don't like that. The fact but that he you had still remember them, Hillary. that's dope. Hillary and Mark, yep. And Hillary was like a smart kid, but was like a smart ass at the same time. Loved it. I love smart ass. I love smart Alec kids. Even when I started teaching later down mm-hmm. the road, I love me a smart Alec. <laughs> like, I love kids. It's like quick at the mouth. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and they always is cool with me because we both going at it you know uh-huh. and a lot of p- teachers hate kids like that so I always was cool with the kids that like teachers typically didn't like um but yeah so in high school um yeah I was a teacher professors major and so then when I got to college um I ended up majoring in education the only reason why I did was because one of my teachers Miss um, Kernich had passed away from scuba diving. She was a heavy set girl, and she ended up um, getting a heart attack from scuba oh, diving. Wow! In the Bahamas, go figure. And I was just there, right? Like full circle moment about like I was just there, impacted like students in the Bahamas and education. Crazy to me. Sorry, I think about everything. And so yeah, so then we did. I know, right? I just thought about it. I was like, you were just in the Bahamas just not too long Bahamas. ago. You've been on the move, but listen, these past two months, and I'm trying to like make sure I stay in the present. That's why, like, you know, when you even talked about early in the podcast, like, what were you doing? It's like, oh, I'm I'm at today. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I'm trying to like bring in today. Because like we also got like two events happening this weekend. You know, for our nonprofit so it's just been a lot but i'm trying to enjoy the present moment anywho Mm -hmm. so moving to college and this is where i want us to intersect which is kind of funny Mm -hmm. is that our i end up majoring in communications niger majoring in psychology right yeah and even and even in let me just even make a pin here yes felicia wallace love her she was my advisor i still talk to her to this day when I wanted to declare a major, they said, what do you want to major in? I said, well, I don't know. But let me tell y'all this. I have, a co- <laughs> I have a cosmetology license. Yeah. So I think something in the College of Business. So they laid out all these majors. I was like, ooh, that's a lot of math. Yeah, that's not my strength at this point. <laughs> Beyond geometry, it wasn't my strength. I love geometry. I, love I loved geometry. Yeah, geometry was like the one that was like, okay, this makes sense. Like, I could actually use this. Algebra 2 and trig and all that, that wasn't my strength. Trig was stupid. And pre-calc was good, though. I kind of like pre-calc. And her, too. Yep, no. <laughs> and so I said, this is where I'm coming. And I said, she said, well, what do you like about cosmetology? I said, I love to interact with people and I like to to investigate the way that people think. Like why do they think the way that they do that they do? And so she said, Maybe you might be interested in psychology. I said, Let's do that. 
And I also told her, I said, when it's all said and done, I want to take a chance on myself to pursue hair full time and seriously because I didn't have an opportunity to do so. Yeah. So it was funny that I said that then, uh-huh. 2008 in the fall, and now looking presently, being a full time cosmetologist, image consultant, all that, I'm like, wow, I had already said it then. Yeah. But I didn't recognize how much power my words had then that created the future we're currently living in. This is mind blowing. So I want to jumpstart and then we could go back if we want to. Okay. I want to jumpstart to our senior year. Mm-hmm. So, like, throughout our collegiate careers, like, I wanted to go into fashion PR. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Yep. I was working with Brittany Kelly, and I loved it. I was working with a couple of other designers, Black-owned, which is now, like, extremely famous now. They're doing so great. I started work. I had started working with them when when Means was just selling T-shirts out of his trunk. He was selling them out of IBC, too, and Inspirational Baptist And the crazy thing about Black-owned right now, not only... Do the some of the popular uh rap artists have black owned on their backs? Yeah, the fact that he has a brick and mortar in Cincinnati, he's like a coffee shop, a black owned coffee shop in Cincinnati, and he's working with my friends called Mortar. So I work, I just Mortar consulted with me because they're a part, they're a non profit partnership, and they wanted to make sure that their partnership was working. So they consulted to me to help them secure their partnerships. And so, like, a full circle moment, because Mortar is also, like, supporting Means with his Mm -hmm. coffee shop. Then he's all, then, woo, this is too much for me. (laughs) He's also also supporting Erica with her candle shop. Which, Erica is the wife of my great friend, teammate, Brittany Gray. Um, Erica is the owner of District 78. And we'll post about her where yeah. you can find her and her fragrances as well as yes. Brittany. hello i'm burning erica's candles right now they are soy based candles they smell amazing i mean it's crazy how things work yeah but so our senior, so then so throughout our collegiate career we was not i was not trying to become an educator but i ended up getting fired from being a janitor mm-hmm that's the only job I ever got fired from, being a damn janitor, you know. But I respect the job and profession. But I got fired for being black, so it wasn't because I wasn't cleaning and stuff. Um, and we fought that case, me and Shantae, which is one of Nigel's uh, cousins and stuff. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Her and I both. Oh, man. So, uh, so I ended up needing a summer job. And so I ended up working with upper bound mm-hmm. which was a opportunity for me to actually get engaged with education mm-hmm. Ooh, this is crazy so crazy part about this is one of my students from upper bound who's in eighth grade he's actually going to be coming here to charlotte for the new educators retreat because he's now thinking about becoming an educator Marquette. like <gasps> i was working with him in eighth, in eighth grade and now he's a senior in college at the university of cincinnati now he's about to he's thinking about becoming an educator wow Full circle moment because this I, is why you are well, what an influencer nah bruh i <laughs> know right but like so so but here's the crazy part nigel and i live together 
in our senior mm-hmm. years. Two bedroom, two bath. We talked about it. Five fifteen a month. Shit outside the doors, but it was great. It was. But tell me, the only reason why we were able to even put a, 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 a um, deposit down on an apartment though was because of the gifts it was becoming, you know, in that moment. Because like, yeah. like that's the part that that's the intersection part. That once Nigel and I moved in together, I started applying for Teach for America. And you started taking hair a little bit more seriously. I did. It Ain't was that so, crazy? Yeah. Like, woo. Okay, let me slow down for our listeners. Like, I am super excited because, like, and the way that I got to education, and Nigel could talk about his experience, but the way I even got to education was that I was through Upper, upper Bound and seeing the influence that I had on students. Upward Bound was really transformational for you. Yes, because I started to see, and I had to stay after, I had to stay overnight with a group of like 12, 9th through 12th grade boys. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just seeing their development, I still talk to like a lot of them. And the crazy crazy part is that our impact leaders retreat, which is our our staff retreat, we call call them impact leaders. Um, It is in Chicago. And that is with my mentor and so who brought me into education and he's hosting us at his house, three story house. Cause now he's a principal in Chicago. Right. And he originally was working for upper bound and now he's like, yo, bring your staff here so that we could do this thing. And so now he's the first program to ever a first high school program specifically for boys of color to to learn what it means to become a teacher. So he heard about my experience of what I went through as a high school student and learning to become a teacher. And he said, Mario, how could we replicate this program in my school? We're doing our, doing our staff retreat. We're going to go to his school and we're going to work with these group of students to help these young boys, about 20 young boys in high school to see at an early age what it means to become an educator. Y'all going like, to Butler College Prep. Butler College Prep. Shout Think out. about these. I'm just like, I'm losing my mind because of these full circle moments. But it started at the intersection of me and Nigel, iron sharp, sharpening iron, where Nigel couldn't make rent because he got fired. <laughs> okay. Let's go to you. Let's go to you. Let me come down. Since we're talking about it. I know. <laughs> um, the th- funny hey. thing was, most of my... Um, most of my clients that have been with me for years say, no, we had that black duffel bag. And I carried a whole salon in that black duffel yes, bag. Did. And I went from home to home. I may not have known the person, but I thank God for his grace and his covering. Mm-hmm. Because I went to homes that were, you know, owned by people that I didn't know. But all in all, I went to these homes. I built these relationships. I did great work. And I ended up at a place when graduation came. Um, Well, even before graduation, I was only making X amount of dollars per service because I'm like, well, I'm a... I'm a student and I didn't take myself seriously as a stylist because my focus was I'm a student. Like right. after I graduate from college, I'm going to grad school and we'll figure it out from there. I didn't take me serious as a stylist. As long as I could pay my phone bill for real, which was $40 at the time because we didn't have all these, you know, extra packages and I didn't have to worry about internet. Um, 
that's all I was concerned about. And it was like a hobby for me. Yeah. I charged I charged $65 for a sew-in. <laughs> Crackhead prices. Listen, because on today, minimum, you start at $250 and up. Good day. So with that being said. <laughs> for those who want to. <laughs> for those who are interested. Okay. Hi. Um, okay. And for my like, consultant, I started at $50 an hour. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> Put a value to it. But okay. Honestly, it was because I just enjoyed people and I enjoyed what I did. Yeah. And I'm always kind of switching gears. I'm always thankful to you for picking up where I wasn't able to give. Because truthfully, there were times I wasn't able to contribute to rent for real or no. contribute to to the cable or whatever. Y'all, it was five fifteen a month, <laughs> <laughs> and that was split. It wasn't five fifteen a piece. Five fifteen a month. Mario, what was broke? <laughs> I was broke. It did. Cable was forty five dollars a month. So he talking about I got my half a cable. Mario it was only about twenty two fifty. Mario would take never care of it, up. and and wouldn't. I would never complain. You wouldn't complain. No, you wouldn't hold it over my head or nothing. I just think mm-hmm. and I love you. We for still this. do that still to this day. Very like Nigel and I, when we that's what I love. He's my favorite travel companion. Uh, my first one. My second one is my assistant Josue. When we went to the Bahamas. I was like, yo, like I could travel with you everywhere. He gets my drift. He, he's like me and you like, okay, time for a nap. <laughs> time yes. for a nap. Yes. Okay. And so, but when Nigel and I travel, it's like, okay, he'd be like, I'll cover this. He'd be like, okay, cool. You know how some people they you know, we'll be at the restaurant and they'd be like, I cover it, I cover it. And you know, we go back and forth with it. Like, oh, I got the drinks this time. And we never be like, okay, how much money you owe me? How much money I owe you? Eventually, it's going to end. It's going to even itself out. And that's what I love about our friendship. You know what I mean? For because, sure. you know, in our brotherhood, because that part right there, you know, you can't do that with every friend. Sure can. Okay. But the iron sharpened iron piece, you know, iron piece. Like, the only reason why we even shared an apartment together was part of, like, I got fired. You got fired. You got fired but- but the crazy thing about it is, started doing the hair out of the apartment. <laughs> I did. I did hair in the in our apartment on in a computer chair. That was mine. That was yours. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was ours. I don't like that. No, 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 no. Yeah. I just want the people to sit with. I did hair in a computer chair <laughs> in the middle of a living room slash dining room. That's true. When they had two couches in a... With two ca- a couch and a love seat. Yeah, and then it was a TV. With a TV that, that was on a fish tank stand <laughs> that you got off the corner. Off the co- I got it off the, gar- off the garbage, the fish tank stand. And truth be told, I didn't even see you bring it up to the apartment because I don't know how this shit got there. I said, we going to need this. Not scared. You know, Cincinnati had a huge... You know, infestation of bad bugs. That's what we could have had, bad bugs. We ain't never had no bad bugs. We didn't. And the TV was so small. What was that, a 10-inch? Okay, Nigel. It was okay. probably about 18 inches. Put 18 <laughs> okay. on it. It was real small. And it was. It had the booty in the back of it. It had that big butt in the bag. <laughs> well, everybody was already on flat screen. But I, I didn't have cable when I came to college, so I was grateful. Dang, that's crazy. So with that being said, like... Woo. 
my that my gifting for being able to style hair to connect to people was a thing that was motivating me to to do all these things to mm-hmm. bring whatever money I had to rent. Whenever somebody asked me to style, I was ready. Like, hey, can you come to the house or I come to you? No matter how far it was, and yeah, I just didn't pay attention to that. I was applying to graduate school. I was holding on to the fact that people was like, well, you got a degree in psychology. You got to go to grad school. You even have to get your PhD if you want to do anything with this. And I wasn't sure. Yeah. But I remember applying to several programs for student affairs, um, college student personnel. Yep. And taking a GRE, University of Louisville. And um, you, uh, another full circle moment. And that's a private fool. Da, da, da. Okay. Um, Clemson <laughs> University and some others to name. Um, Indiana University and just some places. And I was just like, when I didn't either get fully accepted or conditionally accepted, because I need to retake my GRE because I was not prepared. <laughs> at the same time, faculty and staff at the U- at the University of Cincinnati was like, hey. You're great at styling. There was one in particular. I love her, Dr. Brandy Elliott. Elliot, I oh my shout out to her, her three sons. And <laughs> she said to us in class, she said, Yes, invest in yourself. Yep. And we stayed. That's that was the transition, Nigel. Because that that's was. when I applied for Teach for America. When Brandy Elliott, remember we stayed because she had to. We stayed after class. class. She had to sub for Dr. Abercrombie's class. Dang yep. man! And we stayed for an hour and a half after the class talking to her. And she had a husband. She needed to go home. It was we stayed to about six, yeah. seven o'clock in that classroom just talking. And that's the thing, man. Like. We were so connected to professors. We were connected to staff members. I mean, I didn't have to wait in line at our financial aid office. Nope. I went to the head of financial aid. I said, like, I'm Cecily Good. Cecily Good? I said, I'm here to see Miss Cecily Good. Oh, okay. okay. Today, <laughs> I got 10000 She'll go through it. I got 10000 Come on. I'm here to see Blue Zan Marshall, vice president. Come on. Like, it was like Dr. Mitch Livingston, like Dean Bowen. I mean, black folks at the University of Cincinnati still to this day is leading stuff. Like, who runs that campus? Who runs that school? Black folk. When she and when said, you get to know them, you gotta get to know them. And you, and even as alum, you gotta reach back and still connect with them because they are so willing to help. And connect when, to the students. I got we got and and it's not no brag about it. I'm just real about it. Like. I, we got four, I have four uh, University of Cincinnati, uh, two alums and two current undergraduate students coming to a retreat for educators. Because I was like, look, and when I start my nonprofit, I'm giving back to my university in the best way that I can. Listen. And getting more guys to become educators as much as I can. So I got two that's already current in a first year in teaching. They're going to be there. And two that's maybe interested in becoming educators. And if I could have brought Mo, I could. I listen. Come on, let's do hey, it. You will. I'm willing. And and the thing is, is the staff know too that any student that says that they are at the University of Cincinnati, you and I both give them. They they could get my number. Like yeah. I don't need. Don't don't email me. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I don't even have to know their name. I've had so many students like just message me like, "Hey, Miss Nikki gave me your number." 
you know. Shout out to EY Nikki Moore Hawkins. Hello. Listen, okay. <laughs> Who's over the uh, culture center. But like, this is, uh, look, our first episode was an ode to the University of Cincinnati. And this is why it is an ode yeah. to the University of Cincinnati. Because we owe it to them t- for the fact that we were able to like accept our gifts. I was running away from my gifts so much. Yep. If it wasn't for Laysan, Miss Nikki's best friend, Wait, you know, I wouldn't even just know got about married, it. by the way, to her yes. partner, her love, her lady. Yes. I had to put that out there. Yes. Yes. And she got a daughter and everything. Like, if it wasn't for Laysan, Miss Nikki's best friend, and Brandy, like, but Laysan was the one that was, that, uh, was over Upper Bound and knew I didn't have a job. And so that I got fired from my job, and that's how I even got into education. It's these connections that and you let's, make. and let me and let me let me do this. The yes. only reason why I even considered that's crazy. Wow, I never even said this. <laughs> I'm actually getting slightly emotional about it. The only reason why I considered being a full time stylist is because Brandy. Miss uh, Dr. Elliot's stylist was interested mm-hmm. in me being a part of her team because yep. of Brandy. Yeah. That's the only reason. I remember you talking about that too. That is the only reason why I even considered hair full time because the lady didn't know me. She had never seen my work, but Brandy smoke spoke so smoke. well about me. I said smoke, <laughs> bless it. Okay. It was the bourbon. Okay. She spoke so well about me to her that she was interested in not only meeting me, but once she met me, she was like, I want you a part of my team as I open this new salon. Yep. So I never even thought about being a stylist full time before Brandy introduced me to the lady. Wow. I had never thought about it. I didn't even think that was a thing. I was like, nah, I'm going to grad school. I love my mentor. She's helping me with student affairs, a higher ed, which is also funny because I love her. And the truth of it is, because we're going to be honest tonight, right? Yep. She was one of my recommenders that never sent my recommendation letter to grad school for me to get into the program. Yep. And it wasn't until years later that she admitted to say that she felt that that was not the route that for wasn't you. the route for and me. that's what i always tell people people so free willingly like ask people to write their recommendation letter like mm-hmm. first of all are you going to speak positive like i can write your recommendation but am i going to say something positive about about you you see what i'm saying like i honestly i wouldn't accept to write it if i'm not going to say anything positive about you yeah but am i aligned to the vision and can I be honest? Am I aligned to the vision? And that was the thing. I believe that she loved me and she loves mm-hmm. me even still. I love her. Mm-hmm. And I believe that she believes in me and the things that I can do and my abilities, my talents, my gifts. But something in her, the Holy Spirit in her knew that mm-hmm. wasn't the thing for me to do. Mm-hmm. And may she not have had the words to say like, hey, baby, this ain't it. Yeah. She didn't submit it. Yeah. I'm grateful that she didn't submit it. Yep. because she knew there was something else. She may not have known what it was, but she knew there was something else. Yeah, yeah. And with her denial of writing mm-hmm. and Brandy's, hey, let me tell you about this young guy I know, that is what led me down a path to say, accept your ability, accept your gift, that you are great at yep. styling hair, uh, 
building a brand for people as it relates to their look. I even mm-hmm. styled my professor, Nikki mm-hmm. Taylor. And for those She's who amazing. are into, oh, she is so okay. <laughs> a, a force to be reckoned with. Okay. She is amazing. And to even style somebody like a Nikki Taylor, like, yeah. I'm just, I'm full. I don't have any words. I am full today, too. I, I, I think we only hit one third of it, of what we were intentionally meaning to talk about, because we got caught in the process. And I think, like, yeah. there's two things. is that finally falling and lining yourself into what naturally comes to you. Yes. You know, I talked about in the first uh, episode how, you know, I used to uh, play school with a group of of, of, of boys in, um, on my ne- in my neighborhood, you know what I mean? And I used to lie my stuffed animals up and used to act like I was playing school with them. And, you know, Nigel, same thing. We talked about that in the first episode. So these gifts, you know, uh, were nurtured inside of us at an early age. And then it, it take people though. And this is where I say that God lives in people, you know, that Surely. you can't do this thing alone. You cannot. You know, you really can't. And you, you have to be partnered with people. So first is like acknowledging the thing that was already nurturing inside of you. The second thing is partnering yourself with people who's going to help feed it, mm-hmm. you know, and going to help grow it. And I think that was the biggest thing that we did. And it and it became super powerful, almost even overwhelming, which is why mm-hmm. imagine our our in a sense, almost stumbling over our words uh, at times when we're talking about, yeah. uh, you know, moving into our gifts because him and I both, when we moved in with each other, that energy that we were creating, Nigel and I, I we haven't even talked about this, but we would sit and talk for hours mm-hmm. <laughs> on the couch with each other, like just talking, talking, talking and laughing so hard. And we would go to bed so full you know, only having $25, $15 to our name. So I know there's a lot of college students that listen to our podcast too, like, and you're broke as a skunk, you know what I mean? You're broke as hell, you know? And the thing is that you do is you try to make it work. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, you make those connections. You cannot do this thing alone. And those then, connections make, make a difference. I agree. And and then once you accept it, and I think we're gonna to have to probably uh, put that it in this a part, part two on that. I know yeah. uh, <laughs> it's crazy, but once you accept the gift, there's always gonna be a challenge. There's always, always a challenge, and it's I think yeah. And Nigel and I, it happened uh, at the same time yet again. And, and when you align yourself with friends, you will realize that you guys are following the same pattern. Mm-hmm. Um, I like what one of Nigel's special friends say that, you know, birds of a feather flock together, but all birds are created equal. All, not all birds are the same. So you may see some birds a little bit different, but I do agree that birds of a, of a feather flock together. And not because, all feathers are the same. But not all feathers are the same. That's right. Mm-hmm. I said not all birds are the same. They are the same. Not all the feathers are the same. All the feathers are not the same. All the feathers are not the same. Mm-hmm. And I love that because uh, sometimes, you know, I want y'all to know too that you may be around some friends that may be doing stuff a little bit differently and you got to recognize the type of friend that you are in their relationship and in their life. Now, for Nigel and I, I think that oftentimes with our friendship, we experienced the same cycles, which is, which is, 
crazy. And it's good to be able to experience the same cycles with someone. Um, so at the time, and we wanted to transition to actually like owning our shit, like really owning what we're doing. It happened at the same time for us. Um, after teaching, I wanted to, I taught with through Teach for America in Charlotte, North Carolina, taught for two years, loved it. And after that piece, uh, I knew that I wanted to contribute more by being a recruiter. It was, I had no intentions of starting my own business. You None. Sure not. You sure? None. <laughs> None. I wanted to collaborate because I knew that my vision was to maximize, and my purpose is to maximize human potential. And this happened to be specifically in males and boys of color. I knew that. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing that I wanted to do was to help Teach for America recruit more black males. What ended up happening was that I ended up getting, I ended up applying for the role and not getting it after two, three rounds, not mm-hmm. getting that role. Mind you, I had already been working with Teach for America. <laughs> I had been working uh, 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 with them um, on a campaign of helping them, to, helping them to increase black male teachers. Um, so when I didn't get that role, it was devastating to me because it almost felt like this should have been given to me because I've been working with them for so long, volunteering with them to help to increase that. But the next day, my business partner and I, we ended up starting what is known today as profound gentlemen we met at the bojangles and that's when i had to decide that do i still believe in my passion and my gift so i think a lot of people too a lot of our listeners are at this cross world road of okay i know what my gift is but now i'm at this area and point in my life do i truly accept it or do i or or, or do i stay back away from it you know and for me, I end up leaning heavy into that thing. And I'm experiencing that right now. Right now, you know, I'm doing a lot of Black Boy Joy stuff, uh, writing a book, all that type of stuff. Um, and I know that, you know, I, there's more for me to contribute to the Black male space, you know. And so I want our listeners to be okay with the fact that when you experience that transition in that moment in your life, it is going to feel rough. It is going to feel like that you want to turn back, you know, but you have to continue to go forward because it's always going to be something that's greater. Um, and my transition, honestly, that my biggest transition was going from teaching to owning a nonprofit. And the trueness of it all is, do you still, do you still believe in your vision and your, in your passion and that gift? And if you do, it will make room for you. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> What about for yourself? <laughs> I, I say, got real preachy because I started. Yeah, because, because you're passionate about what you do. And yeah. it's like, once Dr. Elliot introduced me to the salon owner at the time who was getting ready to embark upon this new journey, my mind had a transition. And at the same time, at the University of Cincinnati, we have like a Black student graduation celebration. Mm-hmm. And I was the student representative and I spoke on our behalf. And um, at the time, the the song as well as the theme was Go Get It. And um, that was by Mary Mary. That is true. <laughs> yeah. It was the song Go Get It. And that was the same year, shout out to her, Dr. Terry Hurdle. That's the same year that she received her doctorate. And she was really instrumental in my development as well as a student. And the song was Go Get It. And at that time, 
I had to own it. And I was like, Nigel, whatever it is you about to do from this moment forward, you got to go get it. Yeah. And um, right after wow. that, that moment was me encouraging myself. I didn't, I wasn't all the way invested in it, but I'm like, listen, you didn't get into grad school. The University of Louisville said you got one year to get your GRE together before you can get accepted into this program. So you got to be about whatever you're going to be about. And so thereafter, um, I had a conversation with the future salon owner. Some things did not align with me. And I went back to Mansfield to talk to my cosmetology instructor, Crystal Weiss. And I said, these are some things that are going on. And she told me, do business with people that do business like you are better. And when she said that to me, mm. that let me know that the future salon owner and I did not have, share the same vision. We were not in alignment. Mm. And after that, my professor, Dr. Nikki, T Nikki Taylor, excuse me, she said, um, hey, I didn't know you did hair, like all that. And I started styling her. I then recommended her to a new salon who was doing a treatment for those who were interested in being natural, but wanted some manageability. And I felt like she, my client was at that place. And once she, uh, connect, I connected them two together, the person chair that she ended up in was Kim. And Kim was in a place in her life where she was ready to own a salon. She said, who does your hair? He's like, oh, my student, Nigel. She said, a student? She was like, yeah, he has his cosmetology license. I did not know that Kim worked in the very salon slash barbershop that I had been going to for years. And in that very moment, I talked to my barber, Greg Spencer. And I said, Greg, hey, there's this stylist, Kim, who was interested in owning a salon. And she is talking to my client. And before I knew it, Kim came walking around the corner. He said, oh, there's Kim right there. I was like, what? <laughs> I had never met Kim in the five, six years that had been once at that barbershop. Just make room for you. You don't have miracles. Signs and wonders follow those who seek them. My and pastor say it all the time. And so your gifts, when you yeah. trying to go for it, it will show up right in front of you. It will show up Don't because I was open to it. I said, you know what? Right. I'm going to do this. I was open to it. That's open why I got a bay right now. Hello, be open. But I was open <laughs> to it. And um, she came around that corner. She said, come talk to me. When you get done getting your haircut. Yeah. And I talked to her for hours. Mm. She had never seen my work. She knew me based off of one client. She said, I'm getting ready to open a shop and I want you to be a part of it if you're interested. And that changed my life. Crazy. It changed my life. And here I am five years later doing very well for myself, owning a business, having a name, Nigel's Gifted Hands LLC. That was birthed at the Cultural Center with yep. EY Nikki. And you in the room. Yep. While she was pregnant, we didn't even know it. And she was pregnant. We was birthing things out there. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> so, wow. man, that energy is real. Being open is real. 
being comfortable, being uncomfortable is real. And listening to that thing that keeps nagging at you or that's ever present in your life that you enjoy doing, that hobby that you enjoy doing that yep. nobody could ever pay you to do, yep. and you will be okay with still doing it. You're, passion you're passionate about it and owning that. People paid me in quarters. Do you hear me? Quarters to style their hair. And I was okay with that because the phrase I said was, it still spins. Come on. But the fact that I was okay with being paid in quarters or traveling 20, 30, 40 minutes away from the campus to strangers' homes that I didn't know mm -hmm. lets me know how passionate I was about transforming the lives of a person from the inside out or making sure that their outside aligned with their inside. And that's how I'm able to use my psychology degree. Yes. Along with my gifting to style hair. Yep. That's how I'm able to do that. Yes, because the funny thing is, so I, in communication, my major's interpersonal, I mean, uh, my major's communication, my concentration was interpersonal communication. Love interpersonal communication, right. which is nothing different than emotional intelligence. Friend. Come on, speak a speak a speak before <laughs> me. Speak before me. They are you the know, same thing. Because why the thing that is needed right now for educators and boys of color, specifically male educators of color, mm -hmm. is social emotional learning. You know it's why? Like well, yeah. I mean, of course you know why. Of course, this is social and emotional learning because yep. that's where they they. That's where we're stagnant. That's where we have premature learning. That's where they hold yep. us hostage yep. for males in general is in our emotions. In our emotions. And I'm out here, you know, typically people who are mentors for Basin Transitions Program, which is like a mentoring program where you mentor freshman students at the University uh, of Cincinnati. And like typically what ends up happening is that they are, you usually do about one to two years and that's about it. You know, mm -hmm. for me, I did every single year because I believed in it. That's something I was willing to do for free was to have those conversations with students. And I got to remember that. That was, that's good. That's very, very good. Thank you for that. Because <laughs> I needed to, I needed to remind myself. And I've been actually this whole week, um, as we close in 30 Days of Black Boy Joy, um, this entire week has been about going back to the beginning mm -hmm. or like how Jonathan Dunn says, which I love this song is going back to the garden. You know what I mean? Going back to the place of paradise and just worshiping for the place of where you started from. Right. And that's where I have to go back to. And at the garden, that's where seeds are being formed at the garden. You're able to see things that have already been uh, fertilized and, and, and came into fruition. And so for me, uh, this week has been about going back to the garden. So mm -hmm. uh, by the time you guys listen to the podcast, we'll be at the end of the 30 days of black boy joy. Um, and I talked about that in a previous series. And I think that's something that I learned in this, in these 30 days is going back to the garden. 
going back to the place of paradise and just worshiping the fact of where I've been at and where I'm going to continue going. I see so many things, you know, toxic masculinity is a big thing that people have been talking about. And I could see myself being a contributor to the space of offering various stories. Like now my story has been added where I feel like that part of my purpose is to make sure that every story is now heard, that every mm-hmm. male of color um, is able to feel appreciated in every space that they're in. That does not exist today in America. And if we can do that, and if we could come together as a, as a cohesive group, I really do believe that we're going to be able to do some damage. They don't want us to come together, but we can do this. So absolutely, that those are the gifts. And I'm willing to make these things happen. You know, I'm real preachy right now because I'm speaking to myself. So I'm speaking to myself, and hopefully, hopefully it's impacting y'all because right now I'm really speaking <laughs> to myself. I'm forgetting and I'm like being recorded. I'm just like, it's going in my brain. And I hope that y'all feel it because like right now is a, is a perfect time. Like how we feel currently right now to be in a space where, you know, economy good. We're being challenged with, 45 right now this is the perfect opportunity for us to say let's do this and we gotta be we gotta do our best in it in addition to that this is a time of year where people are reflecting over their calendar year that's true they're doing vision board parties (laughs) i'm doing one (laughs) they're thinking about what did i get accomplished what didn't i get accomplished and kudos to you to those who got at least one thing accomplished. Yeah. I'm celebrating at least the one thing. Okay. The one. The one thing, whatever that may be. And so we're at a space where we're reflecting over the year. We're planning for our 2019. It's like, what do I want to accomplish? Yes. And so with that being said, like, these are the things that we need to think about. What are we passionate about? What are we gifted in? What are my strengths? How can I leverage them? How can that open the door for whatever opportunities I'm looking for? How have I been a good steward over my time, my energy, my space? How do I need to do a little bit better in the incoming year? Now is a good time to really assess those things. I'm going to be real with yourself. Yeah. And, and, And invite feedback from those that you respect. Thank you. And those you love. Yes, because feedback is not, I, I, I'm 100, I 100% don't believe in receiving feedback from everybody. I think we, have, we do a lot of that right now in our generation as millennials. Everybody want to give feedback. It's like, you don't know where, I come, where I've come from. I and I don't give feedback to people who I don't, I, and if I do have to give feedback to someone, I say, tell me about how did you get here? Because I want to respect how the fact you got here to this moment. You want to respect I mean, that person's journey. That's important. And a lot of times when we get feedback, we shitting on a current moment. We don't know what it took for them to get to where they currently at. So Hello? it's like, can I offer you some feedback? It's like, you know, you should do this differently. Do you know how long it took me to do the thing that you're telling me to do differently? You know what I mean? Come on. That's and I, I, that's why I'm very aware of how I get feedback. Mm-hmm. Because the way that we do it today, it, you know, a lot of people, can I get, can I offer some feedback? It's like, and people get offended. But that's only because I, I feel no. like in part, no. that's because everybody got an opinion about something. And you got to, right. you got, you have to assess when you're ready to get feedback or an opinion or whatever, where is it coming from? Because it's right. easy. Just and it could be, 
but all intentions can still be good intentions can still be bad yes i like that because it's like because people want to get feedback because they want they see the potential in you and i agree with that they want you to become better but i don't believe in giving feedback to individuals when you don't know their journey because you could be damaging them to even further listen to what you're trying to offer to them if you don't acknowledge where they're currently at Mm. you know that's the topic for another story we have to get out of here we've Uh been on this podcast for a long time today but it was worth it because honestly (laughs) you know it's part one this is just part one as you finish your drink Mm -hmm. clink 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 We can't clink clink because your your um your <laughs> cup your cup says recyclable at the bottom. Right. Okay. This has been great. This has been great. I am full. I am I hope y'all got something out of it. I do too. And I really want to just encourage people because I have a lot of people in my circle who are becoming entrepreneurs and not because they want to be their own bosses. That's the misconception that people become entrepreneurs because they want to be their own boss because they don't want to follow the rules or whatever. No, the people that I know that are becoming their own bosses is because they're following what makes them passion, like their passion. What gets them up in the morning? What are they naturally inclined to do? And it just so happens to not fall in line with whatever corporate job that they have. Yep. And, and can so I add, a, add this ahead, too? Absolutely. Is that you do it also because of the fact that you don't see it currently existing right now. You know what and I mean? And that's what an entrepreneur does. That's right. He or she fills the gap yep. of something that is not being done. So yep. I want to shout out to all my friends loved ones who are endeavoring in this area of entrepreneurship in their lives, who've been a part of organizations for 20 years or whatever the case may be, that's used to getting a check two times a month or once a month that have, you know, health insurance and all these things already built in and you're taking a chance on yourself. I commend you. The best investment you can ever make is in yourself. Yes. So I commend you on doing that. Let the fear that you may be experiencing experiencing fuel your hunger to get out in front of people, to do yes. pop-up shops, to create your Instagram account, to make that business card, to tell somebody about what you're doing. Let that be the thing that fuels you because it's going to work out yes, it will. at the end of the day. And yes, even it if will. it's for a season... Yeah. At least you did it. And yep. you never had that regret. And another thing is that I want to encourage those who come from corporate America into being an entrepreneur is that remember you came from an infrastructure that gave you the tools in order for you to build your own and do it empire. Yes. Don't don't forget that. You came from an infrastructure that gave you the tools. So the yeah. things that worked well implement that in your own business the things Uh, that you thought didn't work well revise it and make it work for your business that's the thing that's going to help you become sustainable and you need to curate an experience and you need to be able to be agile 
to yeah. change as the economy changes, as people change. That's the things that's going to sep- separate you from other businesses. I was about to get into some terms that I learned in school, but that's the most important part. Don't forget that you came from a structure. So implement that structure in your life because when you can become your own boss, nobody is there to hold you accountable but you. Woo! And, and, or, and when you become yeah. your own boss, wake the hell up. And and get up in the morning, put that foot down. Because yeah. I love how my friend said that. He said, he said, I used to wake up for my boss at six o'clock in the morning and make sure I was at I was at work at eight o'clock. Then when I started working for myself, I started getting up at ten o'clock at, at ten o'clock in the morning. I'm offending my own self. But when I was trying when I was making money for the man, I was I was getting up on time. Get my ass up. Get, get out the bed yourself. Put one toe down on the floor and get the stepping. <laughs> the step. Yeah, yeah, that's important. Yeah. Because people typically do forget when they become their own boss, like, whoa, I can kind of yeah. do my own thing. Yeah, you can. But there is you become an entrepreneur, you work but, more. Yeah, you do. And there's responsibility in that. And with I've been that being since eight o'clock this morning. I'm going to be honest, me and Nigel recording Same. this podcast. It's 12.36 a.m. right now, y'all. Okay? Mm-hmm. We record these podcasts late. We always have to record them late in the e- in, at night because our whole day is busy. Between work, Luck. school, conference calls, meetings, all that Calling stuff. That's how de- I'm, I guess I'm saying like that. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how dedicated we are to what we're doing and how much yes. we know what we do. But in the entrepreneurial spirit, that's just what you have to do. That's what you got to do. I'm here that's for what it. what you have to do. So I commend those who are branching out on faith to become entrepreneurs. I'm praying for those spouses, significant others that have to support those who are getting ready to branch out because I know that could be a challenge as well. I'm praying for you as well. Um, I love it. It can be done. Well, guys, you have been listening to You Go Boy Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. (laughs) 